Welcome to Fearless Mom. We are so fortunate that last week, I don't know if you were not here, if you did not listen online, um, Deanne Wilson shared with us last week, so fortunate to hear from her heart, from her experience, her message, if you didn't hear it, I love technology, I was able to hear it even though I was out of town, Um, it is a great setup for today, it is a great compliment to what we will be talking about in this series, and so we want to get started today by giving a shout out to our online moms and online moms um maybe today you're having a great day we celebrate that with you maybe today you are having a rough day and um, i bet there's some in the room who are also having a rough day maybe a rough season and so we want it before we go any further we're gonna welcome you in and start by praying for all of you who maybe things aren't going quite like you'd like for them to be in this season let's pray God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for every mom in this room. I thank you for every mom listening or watching online. God, we lift up those moms who are struggling today, those who are having a rough day. We ask for an extra measure of your peace, your hope, your joy, your love. Maybe a double, triple, quadruple shot of your tenacity and your patience. We are so grateful to be called into this mighty responsibility of motherhood. We're grateful, too, that you come alongside us, that you fill in the gaps where we fall short. And God, for those who are having a great day, let it linger. And we thank you, thank you for this blessing. God, calm our hearts, settle our minds, open our eyes and our ears so that we can hear and see what you want us to hear and see so that we can be the moms you created us to be. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. Amen. Now, I um, am going to be tied to my notes today. And so you're going to find me maybe looking at my notes more than usual. It's because I'm pretty passionate about this topic. We actually are devoting several weeks to the topic, one of the hot topics of motherhood, the topic of discipline. And we've entitled this series intentionally, we've entitled it, It's Not That Complicated. My desire is that we take the overwhelming subject of discipline, the monstrous topic that it is, and that we back up and we pick it apart, and we give you simple tools to help you do what you need to do today. In the next 24 hours that you are able to implement something that you've learned today, no matter the age of your child, because discipline, it is a big deal. Now, I have mentioned um, that my children are very different. Um, I have Emily, who came into the world ready to take over the world. And that is awesome. She was the only newborn in the um, nursery in the hospital with her eyes wide open. And she was just sizing everybody up. And then I have Joseph who entered the world, and he pretty much slept for the first six months of his life. I had to time our target runs. He had this tiny little window when he was awake in the mornings and a tiny little window in the afternoons. And that was when we went to target. That was it. And um, they were just so different. And then I have Emily who, um, you know, she hit all of her milestones. And, you know, I was so proud because it was obviously my good parenting. And she hit all of them on time, if not early. And then I had Joseph 
who, remember, he slept all the time, so obviously he was going to be late to everything. And, and so he hit them at his own pace. And, you know, that was a laid-back pace. And so Joseph is what we would call a late bloomer. And then we have Emily as she entered her preschool years. You know how she hit those milestones so well? Well, then she became very adept at expressing her feelings and emotions with extreme volume. So much so, you know, she was so great at letting me know and everyone in the restaurant, everyone in the store, everyone at the pool, everyone in the park, everyone knew how Emily felt at all times. And um, and it was usually extreme. Extreme. extreme joy, extreme anger, you know, extreme frustration. Then I have Joseph, and I'm telling you, that child is 20 years old. Every day is a good day for the JoJo. I mean, we have, Mac got off the phone with me, came in, he goes, I've got some big news. Joseph had a good day. <laughs> I mean, he just, every day is a good day. Walk outside, clouds. Isn't it a great day, Mommy? Yeah, just every day was a Dwight day, you know, just every single day. And then as they entered school, boy, that's when you really see it come out. Well, Emily really saw herself as a peer to the teachers. Uh, and so it was about the end of the first week when I came in to visit, and she was up in front of all the kindergarten classes. The teachers began to see Emily as a peer to the teachers. And so she was leading all five kindergarten classes in motions to songs that she had learned. Uh, you know, I, I, she was just one of those kids. And then you have Joe. Joe was a teacher's dream, compliant, a teacher's dream, compliant, easy going. Yes, ma'am, I'll try it. You know, and, and he would come in to the, this one teacher I remember told me she had been out and she was not his teacher. She was next door and she had been out sick. And when she came back in, Joseph said, Oh, Miss Smith, how are you? Are you feeling better? You know, he just noticed, he just felt for everyone. And Emily felt for everyone as long as they were falling in line with her, you know. And then I had Joseph who, I remember when he started school and I said, hey, buddy, he was in kindergarten. It was after school and dad said, go run, get Emily. Mom, I am a student now. I cannot run in the halls. (laughs) Just so obedient, so compliant. And you know what? It just shows up more and more. And any of you with more than one child know exactly what I'm talking about. I tell you all of those stories. I say all that to tell you this. Every single child enters this world with their own personality, their own set of likes and dislikes, their own set of strengths and weaknesses, of apparent abilities and shortcomings, and their talents and their gifts. Every child comes into the world with a package. And then every mom has their own likes and dislikes and personality type and all of that kind of stuff. And then in God's great sense of humor, he puts us into a home and says, have at it. Okay. Your job is to raise these children, figure it out as you go, learning them as you go. Isn't it just a great mystery? But No matter your child's personality, strengths, weaknesses, likes, dislikes, gifts or talents, apparent abilities or shortcomings, we can find common ground when we all step back. Because let's be honest, just in this room, 
We're all different as moms. That right there throws a whole other set of variables in there. But what we want to do is take a step back and define some common ground, some principles that work in every situation. And so we're going to start by looking at, for everyone, the purpose of parenting. Let's start with the common ground, the purpose of parenting. The purpose of parenting, your goal, your job, is to raise strong, competent, independent adult children. To raise strong, competent, independent adult children. I'm going to put a little asterisk here because some of you maybe have kids with special needs. And so you're looking at that and you're going strong, competent, independent. Well, your responsibility, your job, your parenting goal is the same. You may need to take a step back and go, how independent can my child be? Are there more skills that they can do independently that I can help them do? I need to raise them to be as strong, as competent, as independent as they can be. But this principle applies to everyone. Because for all of us, the purpose of parenting is to raise strong, and we talk about emotional strength, relational strength, spiritual strength, strong, competent, independent adult children. And how do we get there? That's where discipline comes in. So let's look at the purpose of discipline. The purpose of discipline is to teach and train children intentionally. Everybody say intentionally. Now say it like you mean it, intentionally. That means on purpose. That means deliberately. My father used to say there was a significant difference if you disobeyed, but if he said, you deliberately disobeyed. That was like a whole nother level, you know. So we are all about being deliberate in our parenting, being intentional. Intentionally using positive and negative consequences so that our children become strong, competent, independent adult children. Discipline is the teaching, the training, the equipping, the um, modeling, the getting them there. And that's what we're going to talk about. Today, I'm going to take a step back and look at discipline. We're going to dig in deep and look at specific situations. Then we're going to step back again. This is a series. We will not answer all of your questions today. We will begin the conversation, okay? So today we're going to step back, and then we're going to dig in, and then we're going to step back again. Look at Proverbs 22.6. Proverbs 22.6 in the New American Standard Version. Train up a child in the way he should go. Everybody say go. go. You know what? There is so much in there. Train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. Most of us like to linger on that promise. If I do my job now, then they'll be great people for the rest of their lives. Um, That is an ideal situation, and that is awesome. But what we need to focus on is our responsibility in this verse. Train up a child in the way he should go. This is a directive to parents. So my responsibility is to train up a child in the way he should what? That is the competent, independent adult child part. So train up a child in the way he should go. My job is to teach and train my children so that they can, so that they're ready to go. In an ideal world, you do your job right, you're going to work yourself out of a job. Don't cry if you have a newborn. It happens gradually, okay? It it does not happen overnight, but you must have that mindset early. The earlier you get that mindset, the better off your children are. I'm not saying you teach your six-year-old to drive. (laughs) Be smart. Be safe. But keep in mind, 
your job is to train up a child in the way he should or the way she should go. It's overwhelming when I think about my children, and right now ours are 22 and 20, and so they're literally choosing their, you know, careers and all of that. And um, so I, I think, did I do it right? It, and the responsibility of motherhood, it is overwhelming. You should feel a little overwhelmed. You should throw up in your mouth a little bit if you think about it. That's totally appropriate. And you should be thinking, I don't know what I'm doing. I have not. Guess what? That's okay. God promises he will fill in the gaps. If he called you to it, he'll equip you for it. He says, train up a child in the way he should go. Therefore, if he commands you to it, he's going to assist you in that. So yes, it's overwhelming. And yes, it's a big deal. But yes, you're not doing it by yourself. He will help you. The King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, the Creator, the one who made your child, he's not shocked that that child is in your home. I've told you this before. I had a mom say to me, I'm the wrong mom for my son. I go, no, 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 no. You're exactly the mom for your son. God put that child in your house, whether by adoption, whether by marriage, whether by birth. You are the right mom. You do your best. Allow him to do the rest. Before we get into the nitty-gritty details of discipline, we got to cover a couple of things. Discipline is more about shaping a child's heart than fixing a child's behavior. Discipline is more about shaping a child's heart than fixing a child's behavior. Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. It does not determine the circumstances of your life. So if you train up a child in the way he should go, if you teach your child, you cannot control your child's circumstances. But in an ideal world, we prepare our children for any circumstance so that they choose the right course when faced with that circumstance. So I'm shaping my child's heart so that when he faces those difficult circumstances, he knows which course to take. So it's more about shaping a heart. Sometimes, particularly if you are in a specific stage when a specific behavior is driving you nuts. I see recognition on some of your faces. And so some of you are thinking, I just want to learn how to fix that. I just want him to stop that, like today, so that I do not, you know, give him away. And so we can get so caught up in the weeds that we miss the big picture. Because I can get so irritated, I started thinking back to some of the behaviors that got under my skin, you know. And you guys know what I mean. Most of us parent what bugs us, you know. I mean, if I think about what I was really strict on, it was either what bugged me or it embarrassed me. And so then I drilled into that. You know, and the other stuff I didn't notice, like, oh, yeah, I'll get to that. But, you know, this one's driving me crazy. You know, like the screaming. And I know I have a friend whose child just screams at the drop of a hat, just screaming, and it's only getting louder. What do I do? Or a child who hits. I had a friend who had a third child, and she's like, no kid has ever hit me before. And she just beat me up in the parking lot. Yeah. <laughs> My toddler just beat me up in the parking lot of Chick-fil-A. What do I do, you know? And Or the preteen eye roll. You're like, I just want to stop that for everyone's safety. I feel like if we could just address the eye roll. Or the teenager who, I'm, you don't have to laugh with recognition, won't do their homework. I probably get that question more than anything else. And I personally believe Skyward or that online thing where you can check it every day is horrible. Um, but anyway, that's a whole nother conversation. So 
Before we get into all of those specific behaviors, you've got to see the big picture. We address behaviors. We dig into every little behavior. The eye roll, yeah, it's a big deal because it's unacceptable. We categorize behaviors as acceptable and unacceptable, and we address those behaviors accordingly. But I understand that behavior is a reflection of the heart. I have to see the connection. I have to see the behavior as an overflow of the heart. Every child is born, I already said that, with a set of gifts and talents, strengths and weaknesses, likes and dislikes, you know, obvious uh, abilities and shortcomings. They're also born with a predisposition and news flash. Every human is born with a predisposition towards self-preservation and self-promotion. Everyone. It's called being human. We are all born selfish and with a desire to promote ourselves and to preserve ourselves, you see? And so then those things that irritate you, more than likely they're just trying to get their way. doesn't mean they're evil little beings, you know? It just means they're trying to get their way. My job is to explain to them that that is inappropriate and to address it accordingly. But you've got to step back and see behavior as an overflow of the heart. Um, next one, discipline. It's more about a parent's responsibility than a parent's ability. It is more about your responsibility, which we have already said is stated clearly, trying to put a child in the way he should go. It is your job. It is your responsibility. And it has nothing to do with your ability. I have a special ed degree. I took class after class in behavior management. I learned strategies and methods to, um, you know, get to that desirable behavior. But let me tell you, there is nothing so humbling as trying all of those strategies on your own children. And it does not work. And so I quickly became insecure about my parenting I thought oh my gosh I mean I I know all this stuff I studied this is like my specialization with behavior management and I you know what all of the strategies all of my knowledge along with my competence went right out the window and so I remember thinking what am I doing this is embarrassing but I remember crying to Emily she was all of four hopefully she doesn't remember why are you doing this to me? Oh my gosh, the therapy, seriously. Don't watch this, Emily. Oh, too late now. Um, But I, I remember thinking, I don't know what I'm doing. It's not working. All of those strategies and all of those, you know, quick fixes, whatever, people will say, you just let her cry one time in the grocery store and she won't do it again. Hey, every single time. Or you just let her cry herself to sleep in that room and she'll it'll take three nights max, maybe four. Every single night. Yeah, every single night. You just do this and I'm going, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what I'm doing. I, I don't... But here's the deal. I understood it was my responsibility. And so it wasn't working, so I just kept trying it. And I I just kept doing that, and then I would layer in something else. And I just thought, well, if that's not working, maybe today it will. I'll get me a large order of fries and a Snickers, and it will work today. It will work today. But I understood that it was my responsibility. And that's where you draw the line. You go, it is my responsibility, therefore I cannot quit. Therefore, I don't have the luxury of tossing in the towel. And so it is my responsibility. And I know for a fact if God called me to it, he'll equip me for it. All these things that I tell y'all, stuff I used to say in my mirror, come on, girl, you got this. 
That toddler out there, you are bigger than she is. You know, I mean, he will eventually talk, I promise. You know, the pediatrician thought I was lying when I took Joe in for his checkup. And she said, you know, how many words? Um, this is his two year. I said, zero. She said, no, <laughs> how many words? I said, zero. She asked me three times. No, seriously, like I was playing a prank on her. You know, and I'm like, if I wasn't feeling insecure before, I certainly am now. And how many words? Zero. I'm not kidding. She said, well, then how does he communicate? I said, huh? Uh, 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 uh. She's like, okay, then. <laughs> Moving on to other. <laughs> I mean, I didn't know. What I, I thought, you know what? It's going to be okay. If I do my best, God will do the rest. When I fall short, he fills in the gaps. He called me to it. He'll equip me for it. And although I did not feel I had the ability, I knew it was my what? That's why you just keep going. One day at a time. Sometimes one hour at a time. One tantrum at a time, one large order of fries at a time. You know, you just keep going one time out at a time and you don't give up. That's the key. That's the key. I know. I mean, what's the secret? Just don't stop. Just don't stop. You keep going. <clears throat> now, you've got your big picture. Now we're going to dig in a little bit. I actually have a video to show y'all. Um, and I think it pretty much sums up my children just perfectly. <laughs> and, um, uh, I need to give you a little heading for a little something to look for. Actually, I'll show it to you once, and then we'll watch it again. So here is a video from, I'm going to guess, 2000. I need a tool, and my nurse pulled it out, and I got $2 because I wrote a note to the tooth fairy, and I even lost it at recess because... I was showing it to my friends. The end. Now, I need to tell y'all what Joe's saying there. Emily clearly lost a tooth, and therefore it called for a choreography and a song. Um, and uh, that white wedding gown, she loved, particularly because it was off the shoulder. Um, so it was her favorite. She's, I'm guessing, in first grade here. Um, and then Joseph, I'm going to tell y'all what he says at the end. We're going to watch it again. I dot my tonsa fences bat. And then I'll tell you what it means. Go ahead, let's watch it one more time. Listen for Joe at the end. Okay. I need a tooth, and my nurse pulled it out, and I got $2 because I wrote a note to the tooth fairy, and I even lost it at recess because I was showing it to my friends. The end. He says, I dot my consequence back. He's saying, I got my consequence back. Now, what you can't see in that video is that he has his Buzz Lightyear toy. Apparently, he had done something, and I had taken away his Buzz Lightyear. And so when Emily came home from school and wanted to announce and choreograph and um, sing a song about uh, her tooth, Joseph couldn't think of anything, so he said, I dot my tonsa fence back. So... We are now going to move into discipline, and we are going to talk about positive and negative consequences.
So in our family, we still call them tonsifenses. Because Joseph said taunts offenses, I don't know how long. And so we're going to dig into discipline, and a lot of it has to do with positive and negative taunts offenses. Because a lot of times, people believe discipline means only addressing the negative behavior. But in reality, discipline is both. It is rewarding the desirable behavior, and it is then giving taunts offenses, negative taunts offenses, to the undesirable behavior. So we're going to dig in real quick. Discipline simplified. Number one, establish desired behavior. I'm going to come back to this because there's a lot there. Um, So you establish the desired behavior. Number two, articulate and model the desired behavior to and for your child. You express what you want. Um, Let's say they misbehave. You say, You will not do that again. Do not hit your sister. We are kind. You understand? Be kind. Understand? Yes, that's the desired behavior. I've now stated it. Um, I give a positive consequence or a taunts offense. Um, Consequence when desired behavior is displayed. Give a negative when desired behavior is not displayed. It's pretty cut and dry. It's not that complicated. I watch for it, but moms, you've got to say, God, help me move at a pace where I can notice when he's doing it right. Help me move at a pace. Help me see when she is doing what I've asked her to do. You have to slow down because otherwise you're only going to notice the negative. And so, but you need to give positive reinforcement, to give positive consequences when the desirable behavior is displayed. The last one rinse and repeat. The only reason it says over and over and over and over and over and over again that many times is because there wasn't enough room to put it more. You're just going to have to do it over and over and over and over again. We will talk more about this next week when we talk about those strong-willed blessings because I could have written about 10 pages of over and over and over and over and over. But this consequence isn't working. You don't know if it's working. You just keep doing it. You just keep doing it. You just keep doing it. Because truthfully, to get a strong-willed child sometimes to change their behavior, you're going to have to start, you know, committing crimes. You're going to have to start, like, removing limbs, you know. I mean, it's just, you're just, we're going to talk more about that next week. Now, I want you to think, though, about the behavior. I want you to picture a desirable behavior you want your child to do, whatever the age Okay, what is it that you want them to do? Whether you want them to stop screaming, whether you want them to say yes ma'am, no ma'am, whether you want them to go to bed when you say go to bed, pick up the toys, whatever that desirable behavior is, I want you to think of it right now. Now I want you to think of how we teach our children to speak. How we teach our children to speak. When I wanted Emily to say mama, I said, I modeled it, mama, mama. She said dada, dada. And so then I would give a positive or a negative, and I'd go, so close, mama, mama, and then dada, dada, you know, but then, and then when she said mama, woo, party time, you know, I mean, it was like way down the list for the record, but um, mama, mama, and then when they exhibit the desirable behavior, see, we reinforce it. Most of us don't think, how do I teach my child to say mama? We do it intuitively. What I want you to do is take what works and now apply it to that behavior that you want. We somehow put them in different categories when in reality it's the very same thing. And so we model it, but here's the deal. There's no emotion involved in the whole mama thing. 
when she says something else or she's not doing it yet, I'm not crying, I'm a terrible mother. But see, when we start talking about behavior, now all of those emotions are involved. And so I want you to think about how simple that can be. And guess what? Not only that. Remember I told you, Emily learned to speak, but for the record, when we went in for our checkup, she spoke her own language. (laughs) We called it Emily's. Um, She would get excited and she would do all of the hand movements, and then she had her own language. It was clear that she was making points. Like that. So, yeah, that's what she did for the pediatrician. <laughs> and they recommended speech therapy. And so I'm like, Mac, what if we had given her help? What if we had done the speech therapy? Holy cow, where would we be? But you just can't predict. And, some, and children learn at their own pace. It's the exact same with speech. It's the exact same with behaviors. For some reason, we put them in two different categories. Here are a few key components, though. You have to choose to see beyond today. I have to remember the 2020 parenting principle. It's about the next 20 years, not the next 20 minutes. The next 20 minutes, I'm just thinking, oh, my word, I'm embarrassed. She's pitching this fit in the middle of Chick-fil-A. I'm embarrassed. I just want it to stop. I now want ice cream too. And so I'm, I'm, that's on thing. But I've got to think my job, my responsibility is the next 20 years. I have to choose to see it that way. Then I'm better at implementing this plan. The discipline simplified is easier when you can see the next 20 years. Um, people ask me all the time, should I discipline for this? Like maybe you have a one-year-old who is doing something. They go, well, he doesn't really know what he's doing is wrong. And I'm like, is the behavior acceptable or unacceptable? If it's unacceptable, you have to address it. No matter, he's not going to know it's wrong until you tell him it's wrong. And so simplify it. Go, is it acceptable? Is it unacceptable? Go back to that number one, establish the desired behavior. And so we go, is it, there, there are two categories. There's acceptable and unacceptable. If it's unacceptable, I address it no matter the motive. Does that make sense? And so we got to see it that clearly. Um, you also have to understand the difference. I've already said that. The understandable, oh, nope. Oh, sorry, I haven't even said it. You must understand the difference between understandable and acceptable. Golly, I almost glossed over this. This is so big to me. You have to understand the difference between an understandable behavior and an acceptable behavior. Is it understandable for Joseph to get frustrated and to yell at Emily? Yeah, I get it. You know, and and we say this all the time in LHC Kids. Is it okay to be mad? Yes. Is it okay to be mean? No. And so I have to say, is that understandable? Yes. Is it acceptable? No. And if it's unacceptable, I have to address it, even if it's understandable. You also have to understand the difference between typical and acceptable. Is it typical for siblings to fight and yell at each other? Yes. Is it acceptable? No. I teach boundaries. This is where we learn how to interact with others is in the home. Take a breath, use a respectful tone, use your words. All that we learn in the home. Is it typical for them to fight and scream and yell? Yes. Is it acceptable? No. Does it wear you out? Yeah, but so what? It's your responsibility. Okay? And so is it exhausting? Yes, if you're doing it right. But that's why we rally around you. That's why we say, keep going, keep going. It's worth it later, I promise, I promise. Is it typical for a teenager to roll her eyes? Yes. Is it acceptable? Absolutely not. I would say, 
I paid for those braces and I will rip them off your teeth if you do that again. <laughs> My kids knew. I used to say things like, if you do it again, I will tie your shoes to the ceiling fan and turn it on high while you are still wearing them. <laughs> or I would say, I will take that golf ball, stick it up your right nose and pull it out your left ear if you do that again. Mm-hmm. So we have to understand the difference between understandable and acceptable and typical and acceptable. We deal with two categories. Acceptable, unacceptable. And we address everything that is unacceptable. (laughs) Which brings us to the next one, you must be relentless. Somebody said to me one time, it just sounds so hard. (laughs) Only if you're doing it right. Only if you're doing it right. And so here is a little inside scoop. If you think, I just can't address the arguing anymore. I can't. Then... Don't be in the room while they're doing it. I used to do this with my students and with my children. If I heard them arguing, because there is something to be said for them learning how to figure it out, you know. I needed them to learn how to figure it out. So if they're yelling and they don't know that I know, I can let it go. But the moment they're aware that I know that unacceptable behavior is going on, I now have to address it. I had a student one time. There was this boy that was a bully in the class, and he was just very strong and just in everybody's face all the time. So we were lining up to go um, outside. And so this little girl that I loved, he tried to cut in front of her, and she just shoved him down, and he fell down. Well, fortunately, she, they didn't know I saw. So because they didn't know I saw, I could ignore it. But had they... No, had they seen me watching, I would have had to address it. Does that make sense? Because if I see it and I don't address it and they know I see it, now I've given approval. Now I've said that's okay. Does that make sense? Okay, those are two different things. But I have to be relentless. Oh, man, Galatians 6, 9. You may just want to go ahead and tattoo this on your arm. (laughs) Let us not become weary in doing good for in the proper time. We will reap a harvest if we do not give up. We will not give up, moms. It's just too big. It's too important. You will not give up. You can do it. Turn to your neighbor. She needs to be told today, don't give up. No, you know what? She needs to really hear it. Tell her, you got this. Don't give up. Hey, if you are watching, you're listening online, and you're thinking, I can't do it anymore, grab yourself a Snickers and don't give up. You keep going. And just because it's not working or you can't see that it's not working doesn't mean it's not working. You may not be able to see it, but it doesn't mean it's not working. The next, you must remove emotion. Oh, (laughs) you want to know how to remove emotion? Oh, sorry about that. I was just going to tell you remove emotion. Okay, let's move on. You got it. How do I remove emotion? Because that is easier said than done. Am I right? Yes. Okay, there were times when I had to separate myself from my children, you know, because I was so involved in the moment that I thought, you know what, I'm not dealing with this logically, and therefore this is not, this conversation will not be productive at all. So there were times when I said, go to your room, I will come get you. And we needed to separate. And that's okay. You don't have to address it in the moment. And Even if you're in a public place, you don't have to address it. Get in the car. We'll talk about it in a minute. And that's it. 
And don't try. If you're here, don't be thinking, today's going to be the day she gets it. <laughs> the next sentence that comes out of my mouth, he's going to go, Mom, all these years I've been wrong. I finally understand. Don't do it. Don't do it. If you're here, back away and just say, we'll talk about it in a minute. You give consequences and you, we'll talk about it in a minute. And sometimes I would say, I don't even know what the consequences are going to be because if I had to decide right now, you may never leave the house. You don't want me to decide right now. You just get in there. I mean, one time I thought, I can't remember what we did. I go, I'm going to throw that laptop in the pool. And then I'm like, oh, I bought that laptop. You know, <laughs> what good is that going to do now? You know, I, I'm like, you, you better back away, back away, remove emotion. And here are some things that you got to remember if you're going to move emotion. I mean, when I think back to the stuff that I said to my children, you guys, the good news is they don't remember everything. Um, I mean, I was, no, I was terrible. I, I don't know. I can't even justify it right now. My facial expressions, <laughs> when Joseph was a baby, and I would try to get him to sleep, and Emily would come in. And those of you who have, you know, you know how treasured that time is. You're like, you've almost got that second baby down, and the preschooler comes in. Hey, Mom! And I'm like, and I'm like, gee, I can't imagine why Joseph couldn't fall asleep laying on me while I was like this, you know. Daggers at Emily at the door. I'm like, oh, I hope, hope she's erased that. And so then I'm like, God, you parted the Red Sea. Remove that from her memory today, please. Because, boy, I shot some daggers when I was, um, and that was just completely ineffective. Um, okay, I have to be more concerned with the effects of my parenting than the appearance of my parenting. When I get wrapped up in what I look like as a mom, I'm now, you know, logic is out the window, and I'm not looking at my child's needs. I'm looking at what people are thinking about me. And so I have to care more about the long-term effects than the appearance. What does it look like I'm doing? And so particularly if you're in ministry and everybody's watching your children's behavior, that's just an added bonus. Um, And your child is the one who comes into the preschool. You know, Joseph cried every week because he only wanted me. And they were like, super, she never misses. <laughs> you know, she, they're here every week. Um, and I had to care more about the effects and the appearance. And I would drop him because I knew that's what I needed to do. I knew I needed to drop him. I knew he needed to become independent. And so if you've got a, you know, I don't know if y'all seen that movie. Um, I think it's inappropriate. But there's a, <laughs> now that I've started that sentence. <laughs> but it was on um, TV the other day. So it was the edited version. What's it called? Wedding Crashers, maybe? A stage five clinger, you know? Well, um, <laughs> if you've got a child that's a stage five clinger, you know what I'm talking about? Um, then leaving them at church one hour at a time is the best thing you can do for them. It's the best thing you can do for you. And I promise you, um, if you're, it's at our church, <laughs> look, most of them had Joseph at one point you know and so that's our responsibility that's our job it's hard it's hard because number one I felt bad for the teachers and number two I wanted everybody to like my child you know and and I knew he was a stage five clinger and um and that's okay that it was I have to be more concerned with the effects and the appearance of my parenting and church is a great way to do it because it's like one hour in little spurts you know um And then I have to focus more on my responsibility than my ability. It is my responsibility. Do I always know what I'm doing? No. But God assures me, if I do my best, he'll do the rest. 
I will, you know, do what I can. He will fill in the gaps. If he called me to it, he'll equip me for it. These aren't just quaint little sayings. These are truths that you need to write on your, I would, you probably need to put it in your car because that's where a lot of tantrums happen. Um, But you just keep at it, keep at it. Um, And then you have to remember my child's choices and behaviors do not announce to the world that I'm a terrible mother. They don't. The tantrum, if you see me in the store and your child is pitching a fit, I'm smiling because it's not me today. You know, I'm not judging, I am celebrating, you know, that a mom is in the store and that she's teaching her child self-control. Um, and so don't feel like people are being or judging you. You've got to get that behind you. It's not about you anyway. It's about your responsibility and about raising a child who um, obeys. Um, you know, I realized I was doing the best I could. I was using all the tools I had at my disposal. Sometimes I had a great day. And just for the record, if your child is behaving great, that doesn't um, announce to the world that you're doing everything right either. Okay? So those of you who have those easygoing, compliant kids, we celebrate you. Mm -hmm. And um, we know that you're struggling just like we are. Okay? And then I'm going to close today by the... The most important, we're going to touch on so much more next week, but I want to close with, you must remember the key component of trust. Trust is born out of relationship, and relationships are built over time. There is one solution to building trust. That is being aware that every interaction, every meal, every conversation, and you guys have technology at your disposal, at your disposal, And some days you're thinking, I need him to play with the iPad in the car today. I just would encourage you not to make it a regular occurrence because car time is treasured time. If you have the blessing of driving your middle schooler to school every day, then you see it as a blessing. And you don't have to have deep conversations. Listen to the music they like engage them when they want to be engaged but just be there you're building the relationship if you're on the phone with somebody else you're not if you're checking your instagram while you're at the table during snack time after school you're not working on that relationship just be aware rules without relationship build resentment and rebellion i'm going to talk a lot about this next week rules with relationship Build respect and responsibility. Rules without relationship build resentment and rebellion. But with relationship, build respect and responsibility. When parents come to me and say, you know, uh, specific questions about teenagers and about their behavior, I always say, tell me about your relationship with your teenager. You know, I did not know anything about NCAA basketball. But I got into, or football, or anything for that matter, um, sports related in that arena. But I knew it was important to Joe. And if I was going to have a relationship with him, I was going to know who the top draft picks were. And so I watched ESPN with him. And and, and lo and behold, now I I love ESPN. Mike and Mike, they're my guys. But I, I got into that with him. And usually it wasn't a conversation. He was watching it, and I was just sitting by him. Actually, I think it kind of irritated him when I asked him questions. But it was more about being interested in what they're interested in and just being aware because it's all about the relationship, particularly if you have preteens and teens. And um, I'm going to cl- say this one more thing about teenagers and all that. Um, they eat healthy. You know, their kids eat healthy at their own houses. When they came to my house, 
I had queso, I had chips, I had soft drinks, I had, and I was in the middle. I was making the paninis, I was in the middle of it all. It's not rocket science. How do you make your house the place to be? Food. Food. And usually it's junk food. And and so I encourage healthy eating at their own houses, but they know that at my house I'm going to have more than enough pizza, that that I'm going to have chips, that I'm going to have cookies, that I'm going to have soft drinks, that I'm going to have queso, that I'm going to have... And and that was a choice we made, and, and I stayed in it. I stayed in the kitchen. I didn't make it, and then Mac and I leave. We came in, and we were engaged with them. I just listened. And usually they just, and and then we said no phones in here. You check your phone at the door because we are, this is a house. I go, "Uh uh-oh, who are you texting? It's more important to me right now because I just made your snacks. (laughs) You know, and and so we were there. But um, it's, it's just, it's a lot of relationship capital, a lot of relationship capital. And if you have little ones, people will come to me and go, boy, when my child is a teenager, I'm going to come talk to you. I go, whoa, whoa, don't wait till your child's a teenager. You create that culture now. You create that culture in your home. You go ahead and have the mindset of, I'm building my relationship with my child so that when he or she is a preteen, when he or she is a teenager, he will, uh, he will trust me. It's not that your teenager is going to always agree with you, but they will trust you. And that is the key. Um, I, is it overwhelming? Yes. Is it... Uh, Does it kind of make you a little bit nauseous if you think about it? Probably, but it's so worth it. And it's our God-given responsibility to train up these children, to prepare them to go. Next week, we will be talking about when the consequences don't seem to be working, what are appropriate consequences, um, logical consequences, natural consequences, and all those strong-willed blessings. Let's pray. God, I thank you so much for today. I thank you for these moms who, who sat and listened and watched. And um, I know that we are all feeling overwhelmed right now, but we are so grateful that you promise us that you are working with us and that you are filling in the gaps. God, you are the Almighty. You are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. We come to you desperate for your strength, for your peace, for your love, for your wisdom and discernment. And we are grateful that you are the source of all of that. Hover over every mom here, every mom listening or watching. Let her feel your presence in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen.